This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out tying the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Hey, folks, welcome into it. Kayline Husker Hour here for you on a Saturday morning, a decent Saturday morning. We'll take it at this point. Um, on Thursday, I think I contracted frostbite standing out there on the Haymarket Park left field concourse uh, trying to interview Coach Erstad in a windstorm, as is always the case. Anyway. That's what Tim does for you, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Kern is <laughs> sacrificing never his body say for I the don't listenership of KLIN. Sacrifices. That's the voice of Cole Stugenholtz. How are you this morning? I'm good. I think I'm uh, operating uh, clo- as close to 100% health as I have in the That's last right. you've like, been, three weeks. You've been battling through it. You've been in the thick of it, so to speak. You've been having to You're to complaining fight. about frostbite over there. I've been complaining about just having to blow my nose like every single time I talk or having to cough every time yep. I talk last time with the bronchitis. Um Quick shout out to my dad, 60. Happy hey, birthday. Happy birthday. Happened earlier this week. We went and saw him last night, so that was fun. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel good, Tim. I'm yep. ready to rock. You're not and going to the same ready list. to. I'm ready to reminisce about the Carrington Davis era <laughs> at Nebraska basketball. <laughs> yes, folks, if you have not heard the earth shattering news, uh, the Nebraska basketball program continues their. Um, rampage, so to speak, on uh, they basically did the Thanos snap and eliminated the entirety of the Nebraska basketball team. At this point, assuming Roby goes <laughs> to the NBA, it's it's Thor and Armon Gates. Like they're just looking around the room, like John Travolta and Pulp Fiction. At I this don't point. feel so good. Um, so there are so Roby's gone. I mean, that's I'm not okay. I'm not. And that's not me reporting that. That's just me saying Roby's he's not going to return. That, that's that's over. That's I over. mean, he's got is the NBA combine this week. Is it's that, the yeah, it's, it's so I think it's Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. something like that, the fifteenth, sixteenth, whenever that is. Big deal that he got invited. Um, and and we've all known, you know, may, maybe all of us knew before Roby knew just how good he could be. And I think at this point, yeah, he's 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 deep into the process, and I would be I would be shocked if he came back. Well, because I I think I think it was Hale Varsity that ran the numbers, but if you look at the amount of people who are drafted, who are invited to the combine, it's the vast majority. I think it's like fifty out of sixty-six. Actually, it might be higher than that. Yeah. Um, but if you don't make it to the combine, you can still get drafted. But if you do, and if you do make it to the combine, you also might not get drafted. But yeah. I think there was a projection of him getting picked like at thirty-seven by the T Wolves, and you'll take that early second round is is not bad. Um, obviously, there's a huge difference between second round in the NBA and second round in the NFL. But with less players, you know, it kind of yeah. evens out a little bit. So I think it's you know I I I saw last night and this is my favorite thing and I sh- I should I should be more prepared I should have it up but there was a a letter to the editor written um in the Lincoln Journal Star um and it was mm, it was glorious it was about um it was about the attrition of the Husker basketball team well not really players deciding to leave but Fred Hoiberg saying Okay, you can you can go now. So yeah, and and this this uh this this lady uh seems like a nice person, but she was not pleased. She had some choice words for Fred Hoiberg, and uh, you know it was uh honeymoon's over, bit, folks. Well, 
uh, let me just I I don't know if I want to read the whole text, but I I kind of want to I just want to get just get a little bit, a little slice of this. So here's here's the here's from the Lincoln Journal Star, and here's a a I want to give credit to the the lady uh, Jennifer from Lincoln. I'm gonna give her last name. Jennifer from Lincoln chimes in the Journal Star, dear new Huster men's basketball staff. After hearing reports, you sent three of our student athletes home for the summer with a message not to return. I worry you may have gotten the wrong impression of Husker men's basketball fans. Oh, <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> I don't pretend to speak for the entire fan base. You are right now. Uh, but I hope you can learn something from the quiet majority. <laughs> the quiet majority. First, this is not Iowa State. We don't need another brick-by-brick brick rebuild here. Most of us are willing to accept character wins. <laughs> Over wins on the court, as long as we see progress and exceptional effort. Which, okay, you're definitely not speaking for all fans there. We love watching high school recruits grow and succeed on the court and in life. We expect transfer players to be held to the same high standards as high school recruits. We are also not in the NBA. When a recruit makes a commitment to us, Nebraskans make a commitment to them. And that includes a college education and rehabilitation from injuries. Your treatment of current scholarship players will have an impact on future recruits' impression of our university long after you're gone. Just two more graphs. I respect our tournament or bust Husker fans, but I hope you're also here from more of us, the lifelong Husker basketball fans that care more about the integrity of the program and the success of our student-athletes. Admittedly, Husker fans have unfairly high expectations for you, and you should be mindful that you'll be evaluated on more than a win-loss record here in Lincoln. <gasps> Jennifer from Lincoln. So, uh, a, a, a few things I love about this, um, and Cole, you just, you just chime in on, on, on what you love about this as well, is number one, um, the quiet majority. Was that is that a thing in the press? The quiet majority of the press, as if there's like a, a, a mass of people afraid to give their opinion about Nebraska basketball. Uh, also, uh, this is not Iowa State. This is not this is not the basketball hotbed that is aimed. This is Lincoln. We don't even know what basketball is. Um, we don't even know the brick by brick rebuild. Come on, you know, we kind of do. Uh, yeah, character. Most of us are accepting the way character wins over wins on the court. It, all right, there's there's too much dumb stuff to to kind of get into here, but it's just a it's a beautiful kind of package of of some of the some of the uh, insight that, that actually I think a lot of fans have not the, not the majority, but I think a lot of fans have. Well, so just to kind of summarize all of this, since Hoiberg has arrived, there have been five scholarship players who have left the program. Um, it'll be six technically if Isaiah Roby does not return. Uh, you got Thomas right. Allen, Nana Kenton, Brady Hyman, and then the, just this week Carrington Carrington Davis and Amir Harris. Um, and then all the additions you have: Hanif Cheatham, Matei Kavas, Cam Mack, uh, Delano Banton, uh, and then you just had the one uh, well yesterday with uh, Shamil Stevenson from Nevada. Uh, then you also have the incoming. Uh, recruiting class in Gervais Green and Nicola Rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did lose the other one, Meek Adams Woods, uh, who would have been a point guard, but Cam Mack is now going to fill that role. So Nebraska is making sure that they have a roster to field, which I think the silent majority of Nebraska fans is probably appreciative of. You want to have at least you know five guys who can play on the floor, and then it may, maybe even a couple to sub once in a while. You don't want to play the whole season like you did the last four games of last season. Uh, and, you know, I think I'm okay with Fred Hoiberg at this point doing what he feels is best for this program. Um, I, I, I think we all remember, and maybe Jennifer doesn't, but uh, the comparisons between the history of Nebraska basketball, the history yeah. of, the, of the sport at this school, compared to Fred Hoiberg's five seasons at Iowa State. You could even take off his first year and just say his last four. 
You have yeah. you have more NCAA wins. You have conference tournament championships. You have number of wins in a season uh, that that were all better than any of the Nebraska totals in their in their entire uh, program's career. So. Uh, no, this is not Iowa State because Iowa State actually had some history behind it when right. Fred Hoiberg arrived. Jennifer, <laughs> well, he, the other thing too is that so there, there's it's kind of a two sided coin because which most coins are um, is that you know if you if you tell a player if you tell a guy like Amir Harris or Carrington Davis oh don't worry you stick it out you'll have a spot don't worry about it and then they actually aren't going to because you've already brought in your guys that you actually want on the program that, that better fit your style. Well, that's also cruel to kind of suggest that you are just going to, you're going to, they're going to have a spot for them. But then in reality, you're already going to bring in the guys that, that kind of fit your mold better. So yeah. if you have a chance to play somewhere else, because that's the thing is, is there are 300,000 uh, conservatively um, D one basketball programs. Um, you know, I think a guy like Amir Harris could play at one of those and probably start yep. for one of those. Yep. Um, rather than be option numero nine on the current Nebraska basketball roster. Now, I'm not saying, I, and and, the, and I do like Amir Harris. I, I I think the only thing with Amir Harris is it's it's a, it's a fit thing. It's I mean he he was a shutdown defender, especially before he he got mono. Um, and he he didn't really fill it up. He would pop every once in a while. I know he scored the game winner against Iowa, but he probably didn't hit double digits in any of the games he ever played in. Well, he's not a shooter either. Right, right. He's a guy who slashes and drives to the rim, and not that that doesn't have a place in Fred Hoiberg's offense, but let's be honest, I think everything that you've seen out of this recruiting uh, staff, uh, the the goals of the staff, they're looking for guys who can shoot it from deep, and Amir Harris is not that guy. Uh, we didn't see much out of Carrington Davis because he got his injury right when he got here, basically. Um, Brady Hyman, probably not that guy. Um, Nana Kenton, you thought he was when when you recruited him, maybe, but this last season he went like oh for f- seven games in a row or something without mm-hmm. with his three pointers. Uh, Thomas Allen, you would think would certainly have fit the bill, but um, he do- he chose to go back home toward you know to, to he was North gone Carolina way before Hoiberg even showed up. So. so so those guys are the guys that have left, and it's not like they're they're players that fit the system and Hoiberg's just running guys out of town. It's different. It's it's. There's a method behind the madness, if you will. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, for those who just want to say, oh, it, you know, sour grapes, it's not, you know, I, I, we may be putting too much stock in one letter to the editor here. I don't <laughs> oh, think I don't that, think so. <laughs> I don't think that many people are feeling the same way that Jennifer I listen to is. quite majority of this show. I'm a man of the people, Cole. I don't know about you. You're one of those elitists. I understand. Wearing your Cal State Fullerton hat. Is that a Florida hat? That's a Cal State Fullerton hat, isn't it? So, yeah, Cal, Cal State, State Fullerton. That's right. Yeah. Elitist. <laughs> Mr. Under Armour over there. I try. He's going to protect this house. <laughs> you know, I whether we're whether we're giving a little too much stock to that crowd or not, uh, I, I I'm okay with letting Fred determine what's going to happen. I think yeah. I think he's allowed point, to by rule. You know, you've been well. Yeah, he's running the program. You know, he's, <laughs> I don't know if you heard, he's getting paid a lot of money from basketball coach in Nebraska. Um, but he's he's earned the right to have that. Uh, to have that, you know, the, the the way the way he wants to build the program, he's earned that right. Nebraska went out and got the guy they wanted, and they want him to do what he wants to do because he's comfortable yeah. with that. He's won with that, and I think again said this before: all of this is a moot point if and when Nebraska gets that glorious NCAA tournament victory or gets that glorious four that they desperately need. I guess, I guess Shamil Stevenson, the uh, guy who just committed yesterday 
transfer from Nevada. Put an asterisk next to that, though, because he didn't actually play in a game for Nevada. He spent his first two years at Pitt, transferred to Nevada in March, signed to play for them. And then Eric Musselman said, see you later, I'm going to Arkansas. And he said, all right, I'm going to Nebraska now. So he's had kind of a circuitous, I can't say that word, circuitous route to Nebraska. But you look at the roster right now, it looks like a game of Clue because you have like, you have like eight guys on the roster who have no image <laughs> with them, and then you have, um, of course, um, was he a junior college player? Yeah, there's yes. uh, so let's let's just see if Cole. I'm just going to challenge you right now. I'm just going to go. All right, I'm turning this away from you. You can't peek. All right, mm-hmm. I, I, you, I, you had the roster up there. I no, I have a, trust, I have a tab, but I don't have it up. I'm going right to trust now. that you have that closed down. I want you to go through. I want you to name all the new additions. That includes signees. And the transfers. I okay. just want you to name all eight of them. Let's, let's just let's go. A cola rope. Okay, a cola rope. That's one. Gervais Green. Those were the guys in the in the uh, the recruiting class. Yes. Uh, Cam Mack. I need the I need some music to get going. Right. Hold, hold on. Oh, you I got you got the, music. I need to get the. Uh, okay. Let's see. What can I What can I get here? What's the? That's probably bad. All right. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> it might go. be impossible. All right. So uh, a rope. Green. Mack. Uh, Cavas. Yep. Uh, let's go Shamil Stevenson. We just talked about mm-hmm. him. There's five, right? Yep. Uh, Delano Banton. There's six. Um, who's the guy from uh, uh, the other guy who's uh, immediately eligible with Cavas and Mac? Well, I'm not oh, 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 Gulf Coast. Uh, Cheatham. And there's one more. Yep, one more. Uno Moss. <sighs> <laughs> this is good radio. You are forgetting the legend. Um. The oh, come on! I can't give it to you. I can't just give it away. Time's running up. In five, four, three, two, one. Jace Pikowski, come oh, on! He's not even on scholarship. Well, it's the Polish pistol. Yeah, but he, okay, still, he's gonna be. He's a preferred. His walker. mom's gonna call By me. Way, and she's gonna be like, "Hey, <laughs> I brought my husband onto your show. What the heck, man?" No longer a friend of the program, Eric Pikowski. By the way, I'm, I'm I'm scared to ask: Is preferred walk on just like an honorific title? What does that even mean? You're a walk on, preferred walk on. What's the difference? Like, I really? think it's I think it's more like a, a, a wink nod to hey, wait, maybe you'll be on scholarship if you mm. if you do what you're supposed to do. Wink nod, wink yeah. wink, winkity wink wink. <laughs> Too many winks in there. All right, we'll step aside here for a quick break. More of the Kalen Husker Hour coming up after this. This Mother's Day, give your mother a gift she'll brag about from Elder Jewelry. A real rose trimmed in pure 24-karat gold to last forever. A pearl necklace or diamond heartbeat pendant. And a box of chocolates, all for only $99. Or choose a gift from their large selection of beautiful fine jewelry. All in-stock jewelry is up to 60% off. Don't worry, Elder Jewelry has thought of everything. Elder Jewelry, 3111 O Street and 29th and Pine Lake Road. Coordination. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Welcome back to folks. KLIN Husker Hour here for you on a Saturday morning. And now, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. The prince who was promised, Mike Schaefer, joins the program. I know we promised him last week, but he is here now, not in the flesh, but on the phone lines. Mike, how are you doing? 
Uh, good things come to those who wait. So clearly that extra week has people even more fired up to whatever it is that I have to say. <laughs> well, it's been we, simmering for a while. Yeah, it's been sitting on those takes. you got to get share them with the world. Um, well, we had a couple of questions for you last week that we uh, we wanted to get to. Uh, Cole and I were, were, were giving our unexpert opinion, and I think the I think the listening audience wants to hear from an expert um, about the, the just first of all the NFL draft. Um, I just want to get your reaction to the fact that not a single Nebraska player was drafted. I mean, t- was that a surprise to you, or was that about right given that Nebraska's had a couple of four and eight seasons in in the last two seasons? There's, there's really two different parts to this. It's it's a surprise in that I thought Stanley Morgan and Divino Digbo were good enough to be drafted, but in the NFL's landscape, you got to have that team that wants to expend a pick on them. And then both of them ended up in pretty good spots uh, with teams that, that need their respective positions in, in the Cincinnati Bengals with the Stanley Morgan and the New Orleans Saints with Divino Digbo. And, you know, I I thought that they, they could have been drafted, that they maybe should have been drafted. But I, I guess I'm not surprised that the streak came to an end for Nebraska because it was living on borrowed time. I mean, they, they got through last year with Tanner Lee, uh, who was a, a transfer quarterback that people around here didn't even think was good enough to play in the NFL or even good enough to play at Nebraska, let alone the NFL. So I I think that, uh, you know, the fact that it's over is probably a good thing. Nope, I think we just lost Mike. Mike, you're there. Okay. Oh, oh boy, <laughs> we got, he was cut off by the uh, the saga continues. <laughs> we're gonna try and get Mike back on the phone here. Um, I think I think yeah, Mike was was uh, having some some issues with his uh, with his phone. Anyway, I'm gonna go dial Mike and and yeah. I'll just toss over to you. That that is that is just fine. Yeah, and and as as he was talking, you know, you, you kind of think about the draft and the way that that streak came to an end, you know, uh, say borrowed, he says borrowed time in the, the, with the Tanner Lee selection. I mean, the year before Nebraska just had one guy and that was a fifth rounder. Tanner Lee went in the sixth. So, um, you know, having, having two guys every year for, I think it was the 54 years and then uh, one apiece the two years prior uh, to this season when Nebraska went over, um, you know, it, it, it just, you know, it lends, it lends, it lends a, uh, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of uh, illumination to the fact that Nebraska has really struggled with football uh, lately. They uh, obvious uh, when you, when you come off about you know two straight four and eight seasons, but uh, you know it, it, considering some of the recruiting issues, uh, some of the misses that were there at the end of the Bo Pelini era uh, during the Mike Riley era. Um, you know both both of those things are are what factored in. Obviously, Scott Frost was there for. Just one season. That's not a. That's not a thing that's on him. If anything, Frost upped the uh, the the chances of Nebraska getting somebody drafted with the way that his staff developed Divino Zigbo and let him flourish. So, um, it, it is what it is. You know, the the streak is dead. Long live the streak, and and so on and so forth. But um, I think we got Shafe back. Tim, is that? Uh, we do have Mike Schaefer on. He was he tried to get away from us yet again, but don't worry, folks. Mike Schaefer, Husker, twenty four seven. Sorry, we, we we cut we we got cut off there uh, talking about um, the the draft status. But what, just uh, what were your finishing thoughts on that, Mike? Yeah, I, I gave a long, eloquent answer that nobody ought to get to hear. <laughs> but basically, it was that in some ways, I think it's good that this has happened. Nebraska likely facing a two year run. I don't know if anybody's going to get drafted next year. If they do, it might be Darian Daniels. 
um, of where they're not going to have anybody that represents them in the draft. But I think where this thing is headed, how they want to build the program with the development, with the strength and conditioning, with the nutrition, uh, you're going to have guys down the line get drafted. We saw that at UCF. I think we're going to see that at Nebraska, too. Yeah, Chafe, another thing that came out uh, last week that, that I was really looking forward to asking you about since uh, recruiting guru is the official title on your business card. Uh, the thing that came out that highlighted how many offers that had gone out on this cycle for uh, Power 5 programs and you saw Nebraska at the top of that list. Uh, there's been a lot of thoughts out there about what that means uh, for this staff, some good, some bad, some indifferent. Um, what, did, what do you take into that, having covered this for you know day in, day out for a number of years? Uh, what is the staff's goal behind um, throwing out many offers out on, on this cycle now that they're kind of starting to get caught up with uh, other staffs that are out there having a couple of years uh, behind them now? I, I think a lot of it is just that it's the quickest way to start a relationship now. And so you fire that offer out there. If it's a kid that you think is good enough to play for you, I mean, you, you just go ahead and you're not going to wait on the senior film. You're not going to wait to see how the rest of your board falls. You're going to get that offer out. You're going to build the relationship and you're going to juggle those going forward. You're still going to highlight the guys that you really want. You're still going to focus on those, but you're also going to keep in mind the people that you have the offers to and, and go from there. I'm, I'm amazed by the fervor of which this conversation has happened. I don't understand why anybody would care how someone else is trying to go about and building their recruiting board. I don't buy at all on the notion that a Nebraska offer means less if there's 400 of them out. It didn't mean less to Wandale Robinson or Jackson Hanna or Bryce Benhart. So why would it mean less to Joe Husker fans? I think it's a total ego thing, and I think it's just the idea that they're being mocked by other Big Ten fans is what has Nebraska fans upset about it. Yeah, it does seem to have um, a lot to do with Frost's philosophy of, of quantity, not necessarily over, over quality, but, but you kind of look at the roster size, and you've got about 150 guys now on the team. I mean, when you kind of look at that approach of just having as many guys as you can, do you think that's ultimately a, a good thing, or, or do you think it would be maybe wiser to have a little bit more of a leaner squad? No, I mean, I, I, look, he knows how he wants to build his program, so I'm not going to argue with that. And I don't know what the advantage would be to have a leaner squad when you're already pretty lean as it is in some key positions. So I, I think for them, they want to build this thing out that you got 150 guys because you're going to be able to run your practices as you see fit. You're going to be able to, to develop and push people through, and the, the cream's going to rise to the top when there's more people pushing. And guys are going to fall out. You're going to have one-year walk-ons and one-year transfer portal guys and everything like that. That's just the nature of the beast. But if you keep that machine revved and running, then it should be moving forward, which is hopefully the direction that Nebraska football is going to be going. Yeah, and speaking of kind of switching up gears a little bit, uh, going on to hoops now because there's been quite a lot on the recruiting front there. Um, you know, you look at the Nebraska basketball team, and I it, like I was telling Cole last segment, it looks like a game of Clue now. And you look at that roster; there's like eight guys on there that don't even have an image yet. Um, and you kind of look at what Fred Bo Fred Hoiberg's trying to do is just trying to re kind of reinvent the roster, so to speak. I mean, there's pretty much only two guys now, and probably only be one guy. Um, when all is said and done with Roby's situation, I actually saw playing time last year. Um, we were just reading this letter from the editor from Lincoln Journal Star about people who were upset about Fred Hoiberg kind of, you know, uh, coming in and, and sort of, you know, reinventing the wheel here, just kind of letting everyone go. I mean, what's your kind of your take on, on the whole situation with the basketball team and, and Fred kind of, you know, basically reinventing the roster, so to speak? 
I mean, I think that it was obvious that the pieces that were remaining didn't fit with how he wanted to build his roster. It's not that Fred Hoiberg and Tim Miles have particularly consistent ideologies and how they're going to go about doing what they're going to do. So I don't know why he would hamstring himself by carrying guys that who are going to fit with what you want. I mean, I think Amir Harris is going to be a good college basketball player, but Amir Harris isn't the kind of point guard that you're going to run in a system where you need a highly efficient shooter. He doesn't have a jump shot. I mean, it's hard to survive in an offense mm-hmm. where you need to be able to shoot and you don't have a jump shot. So I, I think that, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but he was up front with those guys and he basically said, hey, this is what it's going to be. If you want to play, you're probably going to have to look to go somewhere else. And at least he was honest about it. He's not wasting years of their life. And they have to make that decision for themselves. I mean, Amir Harris or, or Carrington Davis could have also said, you know what, I want to stick around. I'm going to fight through it. I'm going to show you what I can do. And I think that they probably saw the writing on the wall. And you look at the guys coming in, you know, Shamil Stevenson, none of the guys that were held over looked like him. You know, Cam Mack, none of the guys held over looked like him uh, or play like him or do any of the things. And so, I mean, you have to – this is a total house cleaning for a reason because nothing that was still there fits. I mean, it's like you go in and you buy a house and you blow up the lot and you build a new house on the lot because you like the lot. That's what Nebraska basketball is right now. And and Fred Hoiberg apparently has the the resources to blow that house up and get get going from scratch. Um, Mike Schaefer from twenty four seven Husker twenty four seven joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, switch gears, go back to football here. It's it's close to uh, camp season. Um, Nebraska is going to have uh, a lot of high schoolers in, uh, kind of shuffled through these next couple of months. Um, what are you looking forward to in in terms of the camp season? Um, it, either it's you know a, a particular group of kids from a school, or uh, maybe a, a prospect or two at a, a position of need. Uh, what what's on the radar for you as as these camps start picking up steam? There's a couple things. I think we're getting to the point where you're going to start seeing some commitments flying in for Nebraska, and that's always interesting. June was really active last year. I think it will be again this year. And then the other thing that I'm probably most interested in is the big man camp that Nebraska will have uh, that's run by Adidas. It's going to be hosted at Nebraska where, you know, I think Adidas is going to be able to bring in um, and, and not bring in, but they're going to be able to entice guys from around the country to come work out here at Nebraska, top offensive linemen, top defensive linemen. And that should be a lot of fun. Nebraska's never really had a camp like that. And so uh, this is the first year of it. If they can get a good start, it could be a thing that could last a long, long time. And really, kind of put Nebraska on the map as a destination for offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And I know all of your listeners would basically like to see that happen. Yeah, no doubt. And, and speaking of the lines, um, I think it was obvious that um, – Maybe well, linebacker too. I guess uh, that this staff kind of was was maybe caught off guard. Maybe that's too strong a word, but uh, they they were they were in, they were encountering Big Ten teams uh, and and the way those rosters were made up, and and they were uh, maybe a little surprised at what they saw in terms of size, in terms of strength. Uh, this is you know you you always look for a competitive advantage. Um, Nebraska looking to to do some different things on those lines, and and this is kind of in that same vein. Um, do you think it's just a, a question of a question of getting the right guys in, or is it is it maybe a philosophy shift that the line coaches had to uh, had to kind of undergo in this off season as well, in terms of going up against Big Ten teams, having a year under their belt, and seeing what happened in that first year? 
Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is you had to play the cards that you were dealt. And we just talked about how Fred Hoiberg bought a lot, blew up the house, and is building a new one on the lot. I mean, you don't really have that ability in football. It's too big of a roster. You can't have that much turnover. And they had a ton of turnover. Yeah. But ultimately, you have to play the hands that you have. And and I think with their offensive line, you see what they're bringing in and Bryce Benhart and Michael Lynn and Matthew Anderson and Jimmy Fritchie. And the shortest one of those guys is like six, six and a half. And so that's a that tells you what they're seeing out there. I mean, you don't have a whole lot of linemen that look like Gerald Foster getting offers and, and having Nebraska interest. So I think that they've, they've got kind of a prototype that they wanted to build. You saw on the defensive line with Ty Robinson and Brant Banks and guys like that, how big they are. And so I think you had to make do in 2018. I think they knew that they were undersized relative to their competition. I think that that was diagnosed as a problem that the team was going to have in 2018. And, and now you're hoping that you address some of that with the strength and conditioning, that you're bigger, stronger, faster, and you address some of it with your player acquisition and your recruiting. Mike, I wanted to hit you with just one more question before we let you go here. Um, this was the discussion on your guys' uh, podcast, an excellent podcast, the Husker 24-7 podcast. I, I have no problem chilling out the Husker 24-7 podcast. It's a great podcast. But, um, Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, you guys were talking about the running back situation um, and, and talking about Mills' kind of academic status now in question. Of course, Maurice Washington, his legal status is still kind of up in the air. Um, and Ramir Johnson, he's kind of an, I don't know if you can say an unknown quantity, but but to some degree he is. When you look at the running backs now, I mean, is it is it kind of a panic mode situation right now for Nebraska, or, or do they still feel somewhat comfortable with what they have there? I don't think it's a panic mode situation. We're going to have a lot more information. You know, Maurice Washington's going to be in court again uh, Monday, I think, is the word. And then you have uh, Dedrick Mills is going to get his grade, so you'll at least know where you stand for his three classes here this upcoming week. And so this week could be a very big week in terms of dictating how things look for Nebraska's running back. And so, um, you know, if Mills gets the grades and he's in, nobody's panicking. If, if Maurice Washington's situation comes to a conclusion, whether it's Monday or in the near future, nobody's panicking. And then if you throw Ramir Johnson in that, all of a sudden you go from, well, who the hell is going to be the running back to how they're going to get all these guys a touch. So I, I think that uh, we'll know a lot more in a week's time. Uh, we'll have a better grasp on it. I think Nebraska is going to be fine at running back. Uh, you know, you, you never know of a legal situation, and you never really know of grades. Uh, you know, Mills feels like he's in a good spot. I haven't sensed panic from people over in North Stadium, so I think Nebraska can end up being okay at running back this year. Well, Mike, uh, thanks for joining us. Mike Schaefer, one, phone zero. You've moved up uh, to a five-star blue-chip uh, prospect on our K-Line Husker Hour recruiting rankings. Mike, thanks. Well, at the very least, I'm going to go to phone camp and see if I can't improve a little bit and move up the rankings even further for the next time. Or maybe I'll just come in studio so we don't have to mess with the phones at all. Hey, I, I like that idea. I like that Always idea. welcome. Always welcome. Mike, have a good one. Thank you. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, Shafe. That was Mike Schaefer of Husker 24-7. Uh, I always do a good job there um, over on the website if you want to check that out. And yeah, we'd, we'd have Mike in studio. We'll bring him in as the uh, the third uh, guest co-host, permanent host, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> used to have used to have him and Brunson studio regularly when this thing got started. Hey, that's a that, those were the days. Not that I was around, but <laughs> those yeah, were the days. They were. It was. Uh, it was. A, it was a what a time to be alive type of time. Well, speaking of what a time to be alive, that's a good segue because Nebraska baseball used to be a time to be alive, but now how far they have fallen. More on that coming up after the break.
Cactus Modern Mexican and Cantina by Venue is a family-oriented restaurant that combines flavors of Mexican cuisine with modern ideas and fresh, locally sourced ingredients with a cantina bar and spacious patio. We have something for everyone in your family. Authentically crafted meat tacos, mixed grill platters that serve two or more, and all kids' meals for only $6. Become a part of our family at Cactus Modern Mexican and Cantina by Venue, located in the Edgewood Shopping Center at 56th and Highway 2. Check out our full menu and make your reservations today at cactusmmc.com. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Welcome back to the KLIN Husker Hour. As you just heard Jack Mitchell kindly tell us, it is Bark at the Park Day. Uh, but, of course, uh, have your radio on, too, because we're going to have Nebraska baseball for you. On KLIN, beginning at 1.30, first pitch set for dose o'clock. That's two for you people who aren't cultured. Um, Cole's giving me a stare down now. <laughs> um, so speaking of Nebraska baseball, I was at the old the old Haymarket Park, um, the old the old stomping grounds for one Jabba Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna have more on, on on him in the minute. I had to had some time to catch up with him with all the other um, gaggle of media surrounding him and his bobblehead as he was <laughs> the first one thousand fans got got a jobber Chamberlain bobblehead um, and it was a quite a freakish sight that bobblehead it had the very like thin lips and like very teethy kind of smile I was not digging the bobblehead poor Jabba had to had to hold it uh, during the entire <laughs> little presser there um, and but on a night where it was all it's about it was the 500th game at Haymarket Park they were celebrating the alumni I think they had 140 alumni there uh, job of course was back um, and they're playing Arizona State and you had the atmosphere there you had kind of I mean it wasn't like full I mean yeah. granted it was a Friday night um, and but it's of course missing in all of that is. The baseball team, quite frankly, is a shadow of what it was. Now, this is nothing new. I'm not breaking news when I am telling people the Nebraska baseball team is no longer um, the juggernaut that it was in the early 2000s. Because, but it's just so stark to see. I mean, the 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 Husker baseball Twitter account tweet out those videos of all the greatest moments at at uh, at um, Haymarket Park and how you know yeah. the the wins over Miami. Jabba was talking about the, the win over Miami in the series against. ASU and, and when he sent Nebraska um, to the 2005 World Series, that was the third World Series they had made since 2001, which is just nuts. And they, I mean, could you even imagine if Nebraska could even like sniff the World Series? I mean, th- this place would be nuts. And so the question that I have, and I don't really have an answer for, is what is the main catalyst? For Nebraska baseball's decline, was it getting rid of Mike Anderson? Was it joining the Big Ten? Well, I mean, it's got to be something because the idea that this is some natural, like natural cyclical progression. Okay, maybe, but I don't think you can go from from that far up um, to to this far down um, in, in that time frame without without some type of explanation. It just does not seem. I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have any well, I think the simplest answer is Dave Van Horn was here, and then he wasn't. I mean, sure, you have Mike yeah. Anderson three years after he left, getting to the College World Series and actually winning a game, which is something that Dave Van Horn didn't do when he was here uh, in his two trips. But to to be fair, uh, Mike Anderson had two Lincoln-born All Americans on his team <laughs> in 2005 in Alex Gordon and Jabba Chamberlain. Um, so that helps, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, Frank Solich followed up 
Tom Osborne, and and hey, he still won a conference in 1999, still made the national championship in 2001, but he also had a Heisman Trophy winner coming right out of Omaha. Mm-hmm. Um, so Little North baby, there's yeah, all you Mustangs. <laughs> there, so there's there's some that's some of it, right? And and Mike Anderson, you saw the drop off pretty steep after right, that. The last couple of years were kind of rough. Oh six, they they were a top eight national seed, but they also were swept out of their own regional by San Francisco and Manhattan um, in Jabba Chamberlain's final season. Um, they made a regional in 07 and 08, but they didn't, they didn't go anywhere. Um, and then they dropped off to the point where they missed the Big Ten tournament three years in a row, and then Mike Anderson was gone, and here's Darren Erstad, and we all know what's happened since then. So, I mean, this season, it, we, we've talked about it on a couple, of, a couple of weeks in a row now. It was just a drop-off after that Purdue series right. that strangely coincided with the return of Spencer Schwellenbach, but that's 16 games now since that Purdue series where they scored 17, 13, and 9 runs in sweeping the Boilermakers here in Lincoln. Uh, you had a sweep over Penn State, but you only scored four, three, and three runs. They've only scored more than four runs four times. Three of those are losses, and the fourth was the win over UNO. Right. So it's and two of them were blowouts. It's it's just I think it's I, with this season in particular, Tim. I think it's just the the progression back to the the regression back to the mean with the starting pitching. They were getting out of every jam early, and now they're not. Uh, and the absolute lack of offense, uh, they were, they were, you know, they had a stretch there where they were really hitting with runners in scoring position and now they can't seem to find one, uh, when it really matters. And the other thing too, and that's, I agree with all you said, um, that I, I was just kind of thinking about is that a lot of program success is catching lightning in a bottle. Um, it's about timing and all that kind of has to line up. And like you said, it, it all lined up there in the year 2000s. Well, you look at 2001, the first year they made the College World Series. Well, 2001 was also the first year they opened up Haymarket Park. And so you get the brand new venue. 2002 was. Oh, one, they well, were still at Buck. Oh, well, okay, that's right. Oh, one was when it technically opened. Late, but it, late but in it 2001, not, but, but it Nebraska's not. first season was 2002. Right. Because they played the Super for oh, one at the Buck, and then the Super for oh, two was at Haymarket Park. In any event, I think my point still stands. Yes, <laughs> certainly does. But but, um, but yeah, thanks for the, the swift fact check. But yeah, so I think you, you kind of see that investment uh, in the program, and you have, as it happens, you have, like you said, two All-Americans that just join up. And that kind of coincides, like you said, with, with the football, what happened to the football team, but the thing that is surprising to me is we I guess we kind of know how programs can fall, but then when they do fall, how do they get back up? Because Alabama football, I think most notably, that was a program that had a very harsh decline yeah. um, for a number of reasons. And then, of course, they get Nick Saban, and that turned around pretty dramatically. Now, with baseball, I guess my question now, probably the better question, probably a question I should have asked at the onset is, is Nebraska in a position, whether it's under Erstad or someone else, to climb back up to the top, or is this kind of they're just kind of treading water right now? I mean, I'm not saying they're going to turn into to Oregon State, but it just in terms of vying for the tournament regularly and maybe even getting close to a World Series berth. I mean, is that even in the ballpark? Not to use a pun. Well, so this is the eighth season with Darren Erstad there, and I'm not suggesting that. The answer is somebody other than Darren Erstad, but right. the track record that he has is at this point now, it, you kind of know what you're getting it, to a certain extent. He's been there for 
quite a while. You have results to look at. They've got one postseason victory in his trips there and three mm. three NCAA tournament bids. bids. Tried to say bid and birth at the same time. Didn't work out. Um, so you have that to look at and just, I mean, frankly, the the way that they've dropped off late this season when, God, you had a lot of promise for a while there. You had Nebraska leading the Big Ten. You had them solidly in as a two seed, and now they're yep. they're on the bubble, if not out of the tournament uh, in, in the latest projections. Um, I, I think this recruiting class this year was certainly a step in the right direction, and if you stack another one on top of that, uh, this group will get a year older. They've got a year of seasoning um, through the the tough non-con that Nebraska always seems right. to play, and through Big Ten play. Um, you know, hopefully they can make some noise in the Big Ten tournament and and still get into the NCAA um, and and get a little bit more experience uh, to help for next season and the seasons to come. I think that's you have to continue to recruit at that level. Right. This can't be like a one in five or six years type of class because if you do that, you're just going to be spinning your wheels like this. If they don't. Stay recruiting classes it's not going to work yeah i know we're running up against a break but i did have a, a couple more points to make um the, the one thing too is is, is Erstad, of course everyone knows him because he played in nebraska and he was in the major leagues and he won a, a gold glove i think was he a silver slugger too he might have been um in any event he um gold gloves at two positions gold, yeah exactly so he he's obviously a, a stud in that regard and then his actually coaching career st- began with nebraska because he was with mike anderson as that unpaid assistant porter porter nurstead struggling to make men's meet as an unpaid assistant but um he definitely is a mike anderson protege <laughs> the mike anderson coaching tree but the other thing and this this is going to sound like armchair analysis but it, and it kind of is but I, I do think it's an interesting and, and valid point nonetheless is that sometimes when you are a great player it is hard to translate that kind of knowledge and teaching ability to someone who does not have that. So in other words, if you think of a guy like Michael Jordan, who scored 30 points a night and had this just natural ability and talent, you know, oftentimes there's a disconnect when you're talking to like a squad player or a role player, a guy that's there to fill a role. And it's hard to, to kind of make that connection because what what came so effortlessly for a guy like Michael Jordan, it's hard for him to put himself in the shoes of a guy who is, you know, that six-man type or, or just there to, to fill a role, and maybe just a rebound or whatever it is. And yeah. I almost wonder, and this is me just spitballing, I know we're running up against a break, but you almost wonder if Erstad kind of ran into that a little bit at times where he's coaching college kids, kids coming straight out of high school who need to develop a little bit, and he's he, he's coming from a major league level where all these guys are playing with him, have like natural talent and ability and are just studs. And then you're kind of talking to guys who went to you know Gretna, and you gotta you gotta kind of mold yourself. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but that's just a shower thought. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, that's that's not a far. Um, I, I don't think you're far off from there at all. It's a lot of times the guys who aren't quite as good, or they're like a fringe player. You think of like a Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a role player on those Bulls teams, on those Spurs teams, uh, and and you know he knows what he's doing in, in terms of coaching. So um, you know, some guys can do both, and and right. I hope that Darren Erstad's certainly one of those guys. And he might get turned around. Um, I don't think. I don't think this year should be the the um, the do or die year by any means because they have a lot of talent for freshmen. But uh, we shall see. Uh, we're going to step aside here for a quick break. Uh, had a chance, of course, as I mentioned, uh, to talk to Jabba Chamberlain. Well, not just me; plenty of people did. Uh, this is the KLN Husker Hour. As seniors, you often hear bad news when it comes to aging and its impact on the brain. Here's some good news for a change. 
New research from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln shows as our age increases, so does our positive outlook on life. At Eastmont, we know this to be true. Our community provides a social, cultural, and spiritual environment that enhances the independence of its residents. For more information on how we can make your retirement as positive and fulfilling as possible, visit EastmontLiving.com. That's EastmontLiving.com. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Hey, welcome back, KLIN Husker Hour. Uh, like I mentioned, at the Nebraska baseball game yesterday, Jabba Chamberlain uh, was in attendance, of course, and for the getting honor with his, with his creepy, creepy bobblehead. Um, and that's what he began the uh, press gaggle by, but by talking about uh, about his, his bobblehead and his likeness. So does it look like you? Uh, I think they did a pretty good job. I mean, I don't really, I don't think I smiled that much when I was on the mound, but they did a pretty good job. <laughs> Do you ever think you would have a bobblehead night when you're growing up? Uh, no, I mean it's just it's an unbelievable humbling honor to you know to come around and and see that you know they appreciate me enough and I appreciate everybody else. And, you know, it's just kind of a fun thing to do, and, and I'm proud to uh, to be a Husker, and you know, even more proud that they're going to honor a night with a bobblehead. A little nostalgic here with playing Arizona State. And... Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of fitting, I guess. If it, if all stars align, I guess it aligned at the right time, and you know, just the uh, the tradition that goes along with it, and, and the fact that that was the one win we had, and I was fortunate enough to be able to pitch in that game with with a bunch of great teammates, great coaches, and, and the great state around us. Is there, is there a moment from that game that stands out to you especially? I think the whole experience. I think it's just from the time that we went to practice and there was 15,000 fans and just the opening ceremonies and the, everything that went along with it. I don't think there's one moment. I think it's just, as a whole, it was just an unbelievable experience. Is it, is it what's your most memorable uh, Probably Miami. Um, I mean, there was a lot of them, but just the, the magnitude of the game and, and obviously what Miami comes with in, in college baseball and for us to come out and do the things that we did. And, you know, I think that was probably the biggest one for me. What have you been up to the last couple of years? Since, uh... Uh, just chase my – I have a teenager now, which is scary. Um, I'm just chasing him around. Uh, I, I actually got, got a little warm-up yesterday. I threw BP for an hour, so let's hopefully I don't embarrass myself on the first pitch. <laughs> Don't bounce it. I know. I was either thinking if I bounce it, that's embarrassing, or if I just throw it to the backstop. I don't know which one's better. <laughs> What's it like to be with all your buddies, all the uh, alumni here? I mean, it's crazy. I think there's 135, and it just shows, you know, the tradition and, and what it means to come back to have an event like this and, you know, just everything that goes along with it. And just to, to be able to see how much this program means to all these guys is absolutely incredible. And to, to see that. You know, they're not all from here. You know, they, they made sacrifices from their family to, to come and hang out. So it's just really cool. How close have you like kind of followed the programs that you've been kind of in the majors and now out for a couple of years? Like, how close have you been following just Nebraska baseball? As much as I can. I mean, it's obviously you're, you're proud to be a Husker, and there's always some trash talk because you got guys from other colleges and stuff. So um, just try to follow it as much. I mean, obviously there's been ups and downs and changes, but you know I think we're in the right direction. We've got a great guy at the head and, and to do some really good things. So it's it's been fun to watch, and you know it's just to uh, – to know that you're a Husker and, and to know that, that that carries a lot of cloud around. And, you know, like I said, you got guys from other colleges, so you get to talk trash a little bit. Have you ever met Darren Nurse before? Is this the first time? Yeah, no, no, I've met him a ton of times. Uh, I don't think I ever faced him. I'd have to go back and look, but hopefully he didn't get a hit off me. <laughs> What's your advice to the players? You know, kind of a little uh, To enjoy it. I mean, it, it goes by fast. I mean, I look at it and, you know, 11 years in the big leagues went fast. And, you know, I think back at college and, you know, it was. 
13 years ago and, and to understand, just to embrace it, to enjoy it and cherish the memories, cherish the friendships, just cherish everything that you have because you blink and it's over with and then you got to be an adult and like grow up and pay bills and that's that's not as fun as college, I can promise you that. How long has it been since you've been here to Hamburg? Um, I don't know, honestly. Um, like I said, I was pretty busy for a while. <laughs> um, so then just, it, it's been a while that I've been back. I mean, I came to a couple salt dogs games and stuff like that, but it's been a while since I've been back to a Husker game. Where, where do you guys live now? I'm still here, yeah. You We're do. still here, yep. My family's here. Like I said, Chase a teenager, and I can't go too far now, but I'm not the cool dad anymore, so, you know, I can get away with some things now. We saw you taking in the field just a little bit. I mean, what's this all mean, just all the emotions, just to be back here uh, right now? It's, I was trying to trying to put that together, just watching and, and the things that happened, and it, it's hard to soak it up in one one breath, but it's, it's an absolute honor. It's an absolute privilege to be able to wear this uniform and to be a part of this, and just to be able to, to watch these young men grow and, and hopefully you know chase their dreams of playing professional baseball or whatever that case may be. Was it like Alex, but any other former teammates that you want pitched against in the majors, or is that just a um, or is there not a list? I mean, no, I think, I think he was the only one. Uh, all the other ones were pitchers. Yeah. No, I don't think Darren. Uh, oh, I faced uh, Dan Johnson. Really? Yeah, he took me deep in spring training. Really? Yeah, I, I hope he doesn't remember that. But uh, okay. I think that's the only other hitter that I faced. All right. What's it like seeing people line up two hours before game time just for a bobblehead? Uh, it's awkward. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's when they announced it, and it, it's you know to think about. It, I didn't really think I'd ever done anything cool enough to, to deserve a bobblehead. So I'm very humble and honored by it. But yeah, it's still weird when you walk in and, and people are holding them and. I'm holding in my hand as, as awkward as that is, but you know I just love every second of it. And it's we got a great night for it, so that makes it even better. Have you or will you get a chance to talk to the team? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go say hello for sure. Um, yeah, I mean obviously it's a it's a Friday night, and we all know the importance of a Friday night, especially coming into this this stretch of the season and, and how big this series is. And so it'll be uh, it'll be a fun one. You know I don't want to take anything away. You know these kids got to go to work and and get after it. So you know it'll be uh, it'll be fun to say hello and. And to see him go to work a little bit. That was Jabba Chamberlain. Uh, he was witness to Nebraska's loss, fifteen to six, to Arizona State. And we'll be back at it again on KLIN uh, at one thirty. First pitch is set for two, but again, coverage starting at one thirty on KLIN. More to KLIN Husker Hour after the break. Thinking about selling your home to get the maximum selling price? Call Patch Pros before you list. Patch Pros can make those water stained ceilings, dented, cracked, and damaged areas disappear. All it takes is one call. I'm Steve Herman, owner of Patch Pros. We can make those years of wear and tear on your walls and ceilings disappear. Most people are surprised how little it costs and wonder why they didn't call us earlier. Do you need Patch Pros? Everybody does. Call 430-9161. Lincoln's Wall and Ceiling Repair Specialists. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Welcome back to the show. KLIN Husker Hour here for you. Just a few minutes left on this Saturday. Hope it's a good one for you all fine folks. Speaking of good, is the Big Ten West cold good or garbage? That's my question. The eternal question. I'm going to go with uh, somewhere in, in between, actually. Oh, wow. Look at yeah. that, you Goldilocks. I know. You know, I there's there's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of open. I mean, everybody's discussing about about the Big Ten West is oh geez, everybody can anybody can come up and win this thing. Anybody can do it. Uh, it's it's interesting. Like you start a lot of times with quarterback 
when you're looking at returning teams and, and how you project them. Um, Nebraska's really in the best situation there because of Adrian Martinez. I mean, Iowa's got Nate Stanley coming back. Uh, Minnesota, I forget the true freshman that, that was uh, technically a walk-on, but he was really from IMG, so he wasn't really a walk-on. But that kid who got the start for them, uh, he'll be back. Uh, but but Northwestern is going to be starting a new quarterback after Clayton Thorson goes um, goes to the NFL. You've got Wisconsin looking for another quarterback after Hornibrook transfers to Florida State. Um, and both of those guys have pretty highly rated uh, potential starters in Northwestern getting that transfer from Clemson. Uh, Wisconsin having the, the highest rated quarterback out of high school they've ever had, really probably the um, just in terms of like the ratings, most talented guy they've had since Russell Wilson. Yep. Um, I mean, I think the West is going to be very competitive. Um, it's not going to be garbage by any means, and I, I don't. I mean, the top of the East is is I think head and shoulders above the rest. But um, whoever comes out of the West is, you know, they're going to have a one game shot at it in Indy, and and you'll see what happens. But um, you got to like Nebraska's chances just starting with the quarterback position. Uh, we can dig in further than that, but that's a that's a pretty good starting point and a pretty good position to be in. Yeah, and like I said, I I. I was telling Mike that the running back situation looks a little bit more precarious than it did even just a couple of months ago. That said, I, yeah, like I agree. I don't think it's time to panic. There's no point in panicking. It's only May. Plenty of time to panic, folks. Don't worry. Um, but you kind of look at the Big Ten West, and there's no way Nebraska should not be. I, I am skeptical as anyone who, who think that, oh, pencil Nebraska for nine wins this season, baby. Here it comes. And I'm, I'm kind of, I, I'm a guy that pumps the brakes. That's, that's what I do. Yeah. Um, but you look at the Big Ten West. I mean, Northwestern, of all the teams uh, that came away with it last year, Northwestern actually won the thing, which is kind of crazy. I mean, Wisconsin's kind of taking a dip. Uh, Purdue, they're on the up and up. They're not quite there yet, but with Jeff Brom looking like he's going to stick around for the long term, running that kind of Schofro-style offense, that's going to be something to watch here. Yeah. Also, Iowa, they're always going to be um, a crawl, and Nebraska's kind of – I mean, they're, they're going to they're gonna stick around. Um, of course, they're the most boring team of all time, but they're going to get eight tight ends drafted in the, uh, <laughs> in the draft every this, year. So. This is the year that Nebraska starts to not finish with them. Is Minnesota the, fi- the final game this season, or is that next year that that happens? That is, well, I'm glad you asked because I have no idea, uh, <laughs> which I only, if only we had the power of the internet at our fingertips and we could find out. Um, but it's, I, I don't know. I mean, Minnesota and Illinois, even though P.J. Fleck, um, I can't tell whether or not he's got something cooking in uh, Minneapolis or not. I'm still not super high up on the Gophers, uh, and Illinois, uh, absol- dissolve your program. That's all. That's all. I'll say about the Nebraska does still finish with Iowa this season. So well, it's, it's on. It's still the front. Does Sean Eichhorst like uh, getting rid of the Friday thing take effect? It's 20, uh, 2020 ever. and twenty twenty one, and then they come back and and it's back to Iowa finishing up. Wait, so twenty so next year is when it's going to be okay. That's, yeah, the twenty twenty season. Yeah, and the twenty twenty one season, Nebraska ends with Minnesota. But this year it's still Iowa, and then starting with twenty twenty two, and and presumably for the. Non Sean Eichhorst future, it'll be back to Iowa. Sean Eichhorst still affects us all. Uh, well, speaking of, oh, it is. I don't know if that's speaking of. It is Mother's Day. Got any tomorrow? Special, well, it'll be Mother's Day weekend. It's Mother's Day weekend. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> any special plans? Hi, mom. <laughs> that's it. That's all my, I got. My mom's not listening. She's not care enough <laughs> to listen. So I'd say hi, mom, but uh, she's not dialed in to. to the Husker Hour, so unfortunately. That's sad. You gotta get her on, on the uh, the, K-Line get on the bandwagon. fan page. Everyone's on the bandwagon. 
Uh, well, speaking of um, Nebraska baseball, they're going to be in action today at 1.30 for a pitch number two on KLIN. See you next week.